It's time for Spotlight on KRWC, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the the end-of-the-year happenings, which are always a tradition. They're actually getting on into the new year at the Kokato Museum, and uh, Director Johanna Ellison joins us. And uh, Happy New Year, Johanna. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for having us. Happy New Year to you, too. It's been a little while since we've talked, but you guys have been uh, busy here throughout the year of 2022. Maybe before we get into the uh, the annual things that you do for the new year, maybe let's talk a little bit about what uh, the excitement was for 2022. You were under kind of some construction and, and revamping a little bit. Yes, so we are kind of still in the process of reconfiguring our back room because as a museum, we're always collecting and making sure that we're getting the next generation of history preserved. So uh, we always, storage is always an issue for our museum. So we had to kind of reconfigure our back room. And so we've been over, especially over the winter time, we've been kind of reshuffling and, and getting some different storage options so that we can continue to preserve the history of and share the history of the community. You've always got kind of a finite amount of space there, so you know, you've got to make the best use of it. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to compliment you on the uh, the front of the uh, entry page here to the museum. Uh, uh, folks, I encourage you to go visit the Kokato Museum website. Uh, it's a black and white photo, I'm assuming, of uh, downtown Kokato. What, uh, what year is this from, do you think? I think it's from... It's either the 40s um, or the 50s, kind mm-hmm. of right around that era. We don't have a specific date for yeah. this one. Um, but, yeah, it's just very – it's one of my favorite uh, winter photographs that we have of downtown Kokato. It's just kind of the quintessential, like, small-town kind of feel to it, and I just I just love it. Um, is this is this photo of the Main Street area? Yes, yeah, this or, is yeah. Uh, Broadway, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, folks, if you visit the uh, Kokato Museum website, it's uh, it's really great. The uh, the uh, city at that time uh, kind of strung lights sort of uh, across the uh, the width of the street here, and uh, boy, it looked like a bustling night that uh, evening in Kokato. Um, cars lined up and down, up and down the street on both sides. Yeah, it's very it's a wonderful life kind of a photograph. It really is, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, museum itself and uh, some of the things that you do for those that might be new to the region or uh, might be interested in, and haven't visited for a while. Uh, some of the things that you have on display. It's not every community that has its own museum. Now, we have, you know, the Wright County Historical Society, but yours is pretty exclusive right to your immediate area there. Yes, so we cover kind of Kokato and some of the surrounding townships. Um, But yeah, it it is kind of unique to have your own museum. And Kokato's actually had a museum since about 1929 um, when Henry Clay Bull donated money for the library. Um, Him and the Peterson family made sure to uh, kind of start a museum within that library as well. So we've actually had a museum in Kokato longer than even, you know, Wright County's had a museum, which is, is kind of interesting um, that Kokato's had a very long history of, of um, preserving its, its uh, history. Mm-hmm. And uh, even from the early beginnings, it was kind of a, uh, 
uh, in addition to some of the uh, other cities that we know and love around the Wright County area. But it was a uh, pretty long-standing kind of a regional hub there because of the uh, agricultural activity and access to various uh, transportation, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, Kiakokato's really kind of started because of, I mean, the railroad is really what brought a lot of people to the community and what helped the community to grow to be what it is. So there's a lot of uh, history tied with that and then transportation. And, and actually, we just have a exhibit that we put together, kind of a traveling exhibit, on Kokato's uh, transportation history. And we'll probably, if you are around the Kokato area, you might be able to start seeing that in some of the local businesses. We'll probably rotate through some of those in the, in the community as well. And then tell listeners, if they're not aware about the fantastic uh, Ockerland Photo Studio, which is kind of right in the in the midst of, of your museum at the same time. Oh, yeah. So the August Ockerland Photography Studio is a nationally significant National Register site. Uh, it was, um, it, it's the main proprietor of the studio was a man named August Gust Ockerland, and uh, he was a Swedish immigrant um, who came to Kokeo about 1902 and then proceeded to take photographs um, with a brief um, respite in there um, up until about 1950 or so. So we have over 14,000 negatives from him, and then we also have his equipment and some of his furniture and things, uh, and then we have, of course, the studio building that he both worked and lived in. So it's kind of remarkable to have that early 1900s photography so well-preserved. And um, as we, when we were working on updating uh, the National Register form um, to make it nationally significant, um, one of the things that was done was they, ha- they looked around at other photography studios that were on the National Register in the Midwest and um, ours was the one that had had the most like most put together, um, best condition, and also what made it unique was the fact that it had both the uh, collection, the large collection of negatives. Um, it had the equipment, and it also had um, the studio building itself that was in in such great condition. So it really is a unique site and one of the best places in the Midwest and possible nation where you're going to get that authenticity um, as well. So it, it's really a unique site and what kind of a hidden gem in our community. It's really something that, you know, I mean, uh, with modern technology and, and uh, Hollywood-type things, you can, you can recreate almost anything, but to have uh, that photo studio uh, in almost uh, the exact condition that it was uh, for you know, well over a hundred years, uh, is really pretty unique. And the uh, uh, the photo uh, studios of that era really played uh, quite an important part. Not only for people that you know, it was a pretty big deal early on. You know, we think nothing of carrying a, a phone that can take you know a gazillion megapixel uh, pictures at uh, a second's notice now, but uh, getting a photograph made in those days was really a pretty big deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and what's also amazing um, that he, you know, he captured pictures of 
every you know important event in people's lives, but also important events within the community as well. So you kind of see um, through his negatives, um, we're able to see you know uh, the transition from horses to cars, and we're able to see um, the transition and the evolution of kind of small town Kokato and, and and you know loosely kind of also small town Americana, and it's kind of just amazing to see what Auckland took and preserved and 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 it's we're very very fortunate to have that collection and um to be able to show kind of what early 1900s photography was like and especially to have such a large collection of we have over 11,500 glass plate negatives that he took as well and that's you know an art form that you don't see as much uh, anymore so, especially with digital Photography. Right. That is, uh, it's always a staggering statistic to hear that uh, many times as we've uh, talked about the studio over the, the many years here at the station. Um, you know, and uh, before we leave that topic, I guess, you know, uh, so unique that, uh, you know, so many buildings of that period were, you know, demolished for one reason or another, or maybe, uh, you know, a fire took place or a lot of different you know, roof collapse, or who knows what might have taken them down, but uh, to have it last that long is really something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and we had a little scare when the tornado came through in 1992, but, you know, they were able to preserve that building um, as well. There was some repair work that needed to be done, but, um, yeah, they were able to restore it back to um, its, you know, original conditions. So that was really amazing that they were able to do that. So we've had some close calls, but but luckily uh, we've been able to preserve that building for people to come through. Talking with Johanna Ellison, Kokato Museum Director. Now let's get on to uh, the New Year's happenings, and uh, New Year's is a big deal for your museum and just the general area, kind of a bunch of different traditions uh, all wrapped into one. Yes, I believe this is our 23rd year of doing our New Year's open house um, so this is a program that we do with the Finnish Historical Society um, as well in Kokato. And uh, we will do a, a kind of a demonstration of Finnish tin melting. So um, basically, you know, you for the new year, it's kind of a Finnish tradition where you have a little bit of tin and you throw it into, you melt it down and then you throw it into a bucket of ice water and then you have someone kind of, um, guess what your upcoming year will bring, kind of based on the shape of it, and uh, it's kind of it's a kind of a fun way to start the new year. And uh, we have our event at the um, Centennial Room, which is in the kind of library entrance of the Library Museum Building in Kokato. On and we have that on January eighth, um, from one to four p.m. And it's a free event, um, and it's open to the public. So if people are interested, they can come in and they can uh, get a chance to throw the tin. Um, if they do decide that they want to keep the tin, though, then they would, I believe it's $5 um, that you'd pay the Finnish Historical Society to keep your tin. Um, or you can bring, if you've you know come back every year, you can use that same tin over and over um, again. So you could bring your own tin if you like. So that's that's another option as well. But they, uh, the event is free, and you can... You can um, also throw your own tin for free too. So that's it's a really kind of a fun experience and a kind of a fun way to participate in a finished tradition. Um, and if you're 
people are curious about it, um, we do have on our website and on, and on our YouTube channel a video that we did that talks a little bit more about the tradition, and that's something that, that they can find at kokatomuseum.org or by visiting our YouTube channel, Kokato Museum and Ockerland Studio. And the uh, prediction or the, uh, you know, looking ahead into the future of uh, interpretation of what comes out uh, based on different shapes or different uh, other different categories? Yes, yes. So it's it's like um, certain shapes kind of tend to mean certain certain things. Um, you know, I know I, one one that people tend to typically like is when the tin gets really fuzzy. That usually means like wealth or um, either wealth and monetary or in, you know family or things like that. So that one people always really like to to get. For example. Um, or, you know, it's, it's just kind of fun, too, to just to see the different shapes um, in the tin as well. Like, some of them look like sailboats. Sometimes they look like like quills. And it's just really kind of a unique kind of sculpture that's kind of made. And then so there's the actual, like, interpretation of the tin. And then they also bring it to the shadows and see what they can find in the, in the shadows as well. So it's kind of a, a fun experience, um, sure. Kind of cool to keep a tradition like that. It's obviously been going back for, uh, you know, century or who knows how long, but uh, keep that going. And you have an open house uh, during the same time so people can kind of learn more about the museum and its um, uh, different uh, inner workings? Yes. So people can also walk through the museum um, at that time. Um, it's yeah, so it's it's in the same building, um, so they're able to kind of go down and look at the museum, or they can you know get in line for the tin melting as well. And, and there's usually some snacks, and um, usually we'll have some hot chocolate or coffee, and, and people can socialize and um, kind of learn a little bit more about Kokato history as well. Tell me the dates and times again for for this event. This isn't uh, this weekend; for it's it's next week, right? Yes, um, it is Sunday, January eighth, from one to four p.m. And it'll be the tin melting will be in the Centennial Room of the Library Museum building. Um, so that would be like the library entrance, that Cocado Library entrance that you'd be going in for the tin melting. But then the museum will also be opened as well, and our um, entrances on Fourth Street. Uh, who you said there was the uh, the Finnish uh, Historical Society that kind of takes that part on. How many do you know? Uh, how many members they might have by chance or a guess? Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure how many members that they have. Usually, um, representation wise, at the actual um, event, they have. I think usually there's three, three of them that are two or three of them that are there. Um, but I think they have a you know a fairly good following as well. Uh, the the Kokato Finnish American Historical Society um, they have their own website um, too, and that they have I think there's a link on our site too to their website as well. Um, but yeah, they are do a lot of uh, history of Kokato as well, uh, especially up at the Temperance Corner kind of area on um, County Road Three. Um, there's there's like a an old sauna and a school and a temperance hall and a log home um, out there, and so that's what they typically 
um, take care of, and then they have various events um, over the years as well. So, What's uh, coming up in 2023 for the museum? Any uh, big projects or anything in mind here for uh, the next exhibits? Yes. Um, so we are working on the escape room for February, um, and that should be um, coming up um we're working on getting some of that together and finishing some of our short stuff at the same time. So it's kind of a merry little dance that we're doing. Um, but this year um, we're, you know, so we're kind of in the final stages of, of um, finishing up that. Um, so that'll be open from February through April. Um, and that'll be at the museum during regular museum hours. And then um, that's also, Free, but usually we have like a twenty dollar damage deposit that people put down, and then they get back, get it back afterwards. Um, and then this year, um, it's going to be it's called Kokato's Sunken Treasure, and so it's a little it'll be kind of loosely based on the kind of the history of Kokato and some of the surrounding uh, lakes and and rivers. So. Yeah, it should be. It should be fun. <laughs> yeah, fantastic! And you guys have had good luck with that escape room. Uh, that's been going for a while now. Yeah, I think we've done it over. It's been, I think, over six years that we've uh, done an escape room, and uh, it's been really well received. It's really kind of a fun, interactive way to learn about Kokato's history. And obviously, you don't need to necessarily know Kokato's history going into it, um, but it's it's kind of a way that you can interact with items in the museum that you don't normally get to. So we purposely, when we were planning it, kind of try to give people an an experience of, you know, getting to go into the cases and to, you know, get to go kind of behind the red tape a little bit and um, get to experience the museum and interact with Cocagus history in a whole different way. Sounds like fun, all about preserving and... uh... Uh, continuing on with, um, you know, keeping the traditions going and uh, remembering about uh, how we got to the point that we're at here. So, well, Johanna, we uh, we certainly appreciate your information. We um, wish you the best of success for the coming year. And again, the um, New Year's Open House is coming up Sunday, January 8th, 1 to 4 at the Cocado Museum. And uh, you can take part in the finish tin melting and and much more continued success we appreciate you being with us happy new year to you and everybody down there and uh, we'll we'll talk again here in the coming year thank you so much for having me and we'll hope to see you all there all right thanks very much thank you johanna ellison on our spotlight today Cocado museum director talking about the Cocado museum new year's open house again sunday january 8th 1 to 4 p.m in the Centennial Room of the Cocado Museum and Library. That's our spotlight for you for today on KRWC.